Welcome to Teacher Pop, a podcast where teachers discuss pop culture topics and how they can apply to teaching in the classroom. I'm your host, Jordan Billings, a seventh grade social studies teacher who loves being in the classroom and talking about all things pop culture. Let's get into today's topic. Okay, well, welcome to this episode of Teacher Pop. I'm your host, Jordan Billings, a uh, teacher that is a, I'm not even going to say recovering pop culture junkie because I don't know if I want to recover Oh, absolutely not. All of the pop culture stuff. Uh, I'm joined today with uh, Ryan Stevens. I'll take a second. Ryan, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Ryan Stevens. Uh, I'm an eighth grade social studies uh, teacher and absolute nerd when it comes to pop culture, but especially like 1980s action movies. And oh. my love is Indiana Jones. Like I, there is a part of me that is sad that I wasn't born in the you know, around in the 20s and 30s to actually, like, go on ridiculous adventures and wear, like, a leather jacket and a, and a fedora. And now you would think that that may get you some interesting looks, uh, things I, like I, I think but, so, too. But, and and but, I should concede that I discovered fairly early on when I wanted to be a, uh, Indiana Jones that that's not actually what archaeologists do, and then I was kind of bummed out. So absolutely. I became a teacher instead. So you can tell from today, we're actually going to be doing a deep dive into, I would say, the quintessential archaeologist, oh, absolutely, which yeah. is Dr. Henry Jones Jr., or better known as Indiana Jones. So um, I thought I'd give you the honor of kind of going through, for those of the viewers that don't know, I'd be very surprised, but go ahead and give the background of the story of Indiana Jones. Okay, so... Indiana Jones, um, so, he, so he's the son of, a, of another, like, history professor who's, like, the stodgy uh, English, uh, actually Scottish, uh, hi- professor of medieval history. And he gets uh, a passion for archaeology early on in his career. His dad takes him on this, like, huge journey around the world um, where he, like, gets to meet, like, T.E. Lawrence and Theodore Roosevelt and all of these ridiculous historical figures that no one person could possibly meet. Right. And he develops a love of archaeology. Um, and he becomes this archaeologist who occasionally teaches classes, but spends most of his time, well, I'm just going to say it, uh, robbing uh, graves and trying to quote-unquote protect antiquities. That's funny. I was wondering if we were going to talk about that, you know, thinking about some of these lessons and things. Yeah, so. th- there's definitely some, some lessons there. I should probably make it very clear. He is in no way what an actual archaeologist would do. Right. Um, he, he does not take time to meticulously sift through things. He doesn't mm-hmm. certainly doesn't get permits from countries where he's operating. <laughs> at. His job is to basically protect rare antiquities from the likes of the Nazis. And when your enemy is the Nazis, most people kind of look the other way at some of the stuff you do. Exactly. So um, so usually I, I kind of like to talk about your, your favorite scene and or favorite quote, but with four movies... Um, let's go ahead and we'll take them one step at a time. So we will go with Raiders of the Lost Ark first, the first released Indiana Jones movie. Favorite scene or quote? Oh my gosh. Okay, so th- my favorite scene out of all of it has to be that, that it's that scene uh, in the map room when the, when the sunlight hits the crystal <laughs> and it marks the spot of the Well of the Souls and it ties perfectly into the, to the best quote. I mean, it's the quote of the whole thing, which is they open up the Well of the Souls and he, they look down there and his friend Sala says, why does the floor move? And he looks down and he goes, snakes. Why did it have to be, be snakes? snakes? And it's such an interesting thing. Again, for those of you that um, haven't seen the movie, um, Indiana Jones is fearless in just about every capacity. 
Except for snakes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, thinking that if it was anything else, he would just march in there, take the Ark of the Covenant, no problem. But this one thing gives you pause. And, you know, I think about that in some of the lessons that we kind of draw from as teachers because, um, and of course, I'll get to my, like, my thought of my favorite scene in a second. But um, thinking about, so for the map room and stuff like that, again, for those of you that don't know, it comes from the headpiece to the staff of Raw that you have to go through. And it has all of the instructions on there. Absolutely. And what an important thing for us to even think about as teachers to sometimes make sure we flip that thing over and make sure we don't need to take back one Kadam to honor the Hebrew God who's our As Absolutely is. is. And to show you how much of a nerd I am there, there's a deleted scene that never made it into the movie no. where there's like this wonderful little line that explains what happens if you do open the Ark. And that's where Indy actually plays a key role because everybody loves to tell me that he has no point in Raiders. Because that's a very popularized Big Bang Theory did a whole thing on Absolutely. Yeah. But if you actually look at that deleted scene, if they uh, had gotten the full headpiece, they would have realized, hey, we can't open the Ark, and then there is no movie. Then the Nazis win. So him stealing this uh, headpiece and getting it away from the, the Nazis who are trying to take it from, from Marion actually sets everything in motion and prevents them, the Nazis, from succeeding. So without Indiana Jones, the Nazis succeed. So he does play a key role. I, I love that. I'm loving that we're talking yeah. about that. Um, so when I'm taking a look at Raiders, and I guess I don't know if it's my favorite scene, because again, such an amazing movie. Oh, and yeah. it's so hard to be like, this is my this is yeah. my one scene. But again, thinking about it from like that that teacher perspective, that what I think about is it, it's that um, it's the scene in the marketplace when they get ready to have the big battle with the guy with the sword. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. That, that he's going through, and um, yeah. Now from, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, because what I remember from the story is that Harrison Ford was sick. Did he have dysentery? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was actually the yeah. whole, the whole cast, the whole crew, everybody was sick. Yes, and so you can kind of now that you know that. For those of you that are then interested, take a look back at that movie, and you can kind of see where he kind of had that look of. Oh man, the the like I can't necessarily do this, and it's supposed to be. It was scripted. It's supposed to be this big epic fight. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, this humongous like. I mean, that's um, a good third of the way through the movie. Yeah, things like that. Right that. That's a great time for a big climax to go and do something, but not feeling it. He kind of just had that thought, and Harrison Ford's like, "Huh? Can I just shoot him?" Yeah, and then. Pulls out, and then it becomes one of these iconic things. And I think about that as an educator, that sometimes we think about these amazing things that we want to do in the classroom, right? Absolutely. These big pie in the sky and, you know, that like you don't want to get rid of those things and whatever. But sometimes based on, you know, how much time you've got in the unit, whatever it is, that sometimes you're like, just don't think I can handle this. I think I'm just going to have to shoot them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not even just that. I mean, you watch your students do it. I've done team building activities where I give the kids a problem to solve and a few parameters to solve it. And I'm thinking this is exactly how it's going to happen. We've done like a Hot Wheels thing where you have to move a Hot Wheels car across the room using just Hot Wheels tracks, okay. thinking the kids will just sort of move theirs down to the end and they'll all have to work together and communicate. And then discovered that when I designed the parameters, one kid figured out that, well, what if it just rolls through everybody's Hot Wheels track and then the last person bends theirs in half, holds it, and walks it to the corner of the room? And I thought, 
that is a brilliantly efficient solution. That is absolutely just shooting the guy. Yes. And, and then that almost becomes that like, oh, okay, man, I'm going to have to rethink that. Yeah. But like also, I mean, thinking about that and that like, but then for that student, that's an epic moment. Absolutely. To, to come up with the thing that even you as the teacher had no idea was yeah. even possible. And so you think about that scene where you're like, yeah, sometimes we design these amazingly epic, we totally want to get this done. But then, like, even that scene is just the, you know, I mean, it's become a thing. I mean, that's, it's a total pop culture thing that you're like, this is the scene where Indiana Jones has this guy and he's like, I don't even want to deal with it. Boom. And he's done. And, like, that becomes that, like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's a, that's an epic moment. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not even just the, the fact that it's the epic moment in that film. It carries over into the second film with Temple of Doom because there's this scene where there's two of them. Uh, in that scene and they're wielding their swords and he, Indy reaches for his holster and the gun isn't there and you have this wonderful inside joke easter egg that if you haven't seen Raiders you don't get the joke for Temple, for, of, Doom. For Temple of Doom okay so let's talk Temple of Doom so um Favorite, favorite scene, favorite quote. Okay, so so I have to admit, Temple of Doom is my least favorite out of all of them. It really is. It, it's mine too. I, I just don't <laughs> think it, it... It's just not the same storyline. And I think right. part of that... I mean, Spielberg admits, and Lucas too, that they didn't want to be the Nazis every single time. And so that's partly why they changed that that up a little bit. But I... I you know, when I look at it, it's got to be the, um, the, the scene on the bridge where, like... Indy's surrounded on both sides by the by the soldiers of the Thuggy cult, and he, he turns to Mularam and goes, Mularam, pr- prepare to meet Kali in hell, and he cuts the bridge, and everybody, everybody goes falls, falls goes and falling. gets nommed by some crocodiles, Absolutely, right? yes. Is it alligators or crocodiles? You know, honestly, I didn't look close enough at the heads of them should, to, right? to, to know, for sure. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, when I take a look at that, I... Uh, what the part for me that I liked in Temple of Doom, weirdly enough, was the beginning. Yeah, but with the so you know they have the whole like they have this musical act. Oh yeah, this Buzz like, Berkeley scene. And- I, I loved how the the intrigue of of that worked. That where like you you kind of think that like Indy doesn't really have any idea mm-hmm. of what's going on and whatever because you know it's Lao She. Yeah, right. Yeah, Lao yeah, Shay, so yeah. Lao She. So there, you know, they have this. It's a transaction for the mummified remains of an emperor. Yeah, of the, yeah. Of the emperor Nurhachi, uh, who's the last right. emperor of the Manchu dynasty, in exchange for for people who aren't Indy nerds, yep. looks just like this massive diamond. But if yep. you know a little bit of, of the lore of Indy, that is actually what's called the Peacock's Eye, which if you've watched the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, was one of the oh, first things... Oh, yes, it was! One of the first things that Indy went looking for when he was set off on his own with one of his friends from World War One. And that becomes, and so that, yes. that's why that was so important to him, just to get that diamond. To get that diamond. Wow. See, that's funny, because I'd actually known that part, but I didn't know that this connect. There you go. Yep. Learning some new things. Absolutely. Um, but like I, I loved how the 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 trade-off of that worked, and then I loved how, you know, then at one point the waiter comes over and it's Indy's friend and yeah, he's got the absolutely. you know gun to cover him and, and like how that whole thing worked. And then in the very end, so I mean they he engineers this whole trade-off thing. Ends up escaping with short round, goes and whatever, and then at the very end, he manages to like. I mean, it's this chase, you know, in the streets of now where is Shanghai. It's in Shanghai. Shanghai. Okay, so it's in yeah. Shanghai. So this the chase through the streets, and then the very end, Indy is he's all getting ready to get on the plane, 
And he's looking at, at Lao Shea, and, and he, I cannot remember exactly he, he goes, what he, he says. He goes, nice try, Lao Shea. Nice try, Lao Shea, and shuts the door, and then the door on the outside says, like, Lao Shea shipping or yeah, something like absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, again, thinking about that from the, you know, teacher perspective, that sometimes it is that, you know, no matter what we plan, there's always going to be something that we're absolutely we're going to have to come or up even with if you want to take it the other way with it with mm. students planning these these cool moments where they get into all of this and they think oh hey we reached the end we finally win and then you have that wonderful little just mic drop moment where you Ooh. say oh except you didn't and then you i mean if you could imagine ending a lesson on that kind of a cliffhanger the kids would be beaten down your door to come back the next especially day especially on like a friday oh yeah the worst thing the worst thing that, you, that those students could hear from you mm. is have a great weekend. Yes, and then it's over, and that, that's awesome. Oh. Fun fact, since we're talking pop culture, there's wonderful Absolutely. Easter eggs throughout. So the club, obviously, most everybody knows it's Club Obi-Wan, which is a wonderful reference to Star Wars callback. But the real catch is, do you know the guy who escorted Indy and Willie and Short Round onto the plane, the actor who played that guy? Okay, so you're talking about in like the very beginning. So so they're, so, so, so they're like at the they're at the airfield. There's this guy saying he's booked this airplane for them, and the actor who played that guy, most people don't, wouldn't even know it. I'm gonna it's tell Dan you. Aykroyd. No, that is his little cameo in it. Um, oh, yeah, but, okay. he, but he's using this wonderful like foppy British accent and everything like that. So you don't really catch it. He doesn't have that Chicago accent that Dan Does he have like a good like, can you really see that it's him? So You like, really can't. Go, so it's okay. all shot from a distance unless you just know that a little bit. Because I want them. you to know that I'm actually going to go home. You've now inspired me. <laughs> I am going to go home and I'm going to watch the Temple of Doom and I'm going to see if I can find it. That would okay. be awesome. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, we will go to, I, 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 it's such a toss up for me between this movie and Raiders, but Last Crusade. Oh, okay. So Last Crusade, yeah. I, I like this one. This one is... So I think Raiders is so great because it was such a standalone movie. You know, you didn't have to know anything about the backstory or anything like that to appreciate it. True. With with Last Crusade, you really kind of had to know. And I think that's maybe makes it kind of a second tier one. It can't stand alone there. But I feel like... Um, you know, there's so many good scenes. Oh man, I I, I could not I, tell you how many I right. love out of this. So movie. that's where I don't think we can do favorite scene for no. that. Why don't we pick a? Because we've been obviously taking scenes and yeah. looking at it from a teacher perspective. So pick a scene that could speak to you as a teacher. Um, I feel like the the the, the scene that really kind of s- strikes me as a teacher is towards the end. Uh, Indy's gone off the cliff in the tank, and his dad thinks he's dead, and he like climbs up. Oh. He climbs up there. And everything, and they, they have this great reunion. It's this excitable moment. It's like, hey, you did this awesome thing. But as teachers, we, we love watching kids do these amazing things. But we always know there's more lesson to come. It's never over. The learning isn't over. And Indy just falls down because he's so exhausted from all of this. And his dad turns around and says to him, "There, why are you sitting there resting when we're so near the end? And it's, oh. and it's one of those moments you think of as a teacher. You're like, come on, man. Yeah, you turned that in. You turned that assignment and you did an awesome job. Let's go to the next one. Let's do the same thing with the next one. And the kids are looking at you like, didn't I do enough? Yes. And, I, you know, I think that that does kind of hint on something that even I've been trying to add more into my classroom, yeah. which is the concept of celebration. Yeah. I mean, get those hands clapping. Yeah. Get some round of applause for people that are doing awesome and things like that. And build in time for celebration. I think that's a huge component. And, um, you know, I think about that too. You're right. I mean, what an epic moment. He literally fought a tank yeah. with himself, a six-shooter, and a horse. 
Right. That was it. With sheer grit and determination, he manages to beat, I mean, from the 1930s, I mean, I would almost say the pinnacle of weapons technology yeah, absolutely. at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was, yeah. And just from his ingenuity and, and skill and did it, and then it's the, you know, they have that moment of the, ha, huh, yay, okay, let's go. Yeah. And to say, like, ah, oh, you know, yeah, I mean, thinking about that, adding more celebration into absolutely. what you do. Yeah. Um, so I will say that, like, so so you have this uh, this amazingly good moment. I, I hate to say, I think I'm going to go in for a negative moment. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's okay. So yeah. now, so as you're thinking about this, and for those of you, again, that, that don't know, the one thing that you do see in Raiders and Last Crusade is you do see a shot of Indy in the classroom. Yes. Now, you can see, first of all, I mean, he is very engaging. And you do have to remember, it is the 1930s. You're not going to see what we would see today in a normal classroom, cooperative learning, things like that. And, and, I, and, I, and it's a college class, too. And it is a college class. And I would not, and that's obvious, that is actually not where I'm going, to yeah. where I'm like, he should be doing more of the things in yeah. the classroom. I, every time you see Indy in the classroom, you see listening, you see student engagement, things like that. So I do see that as a positive. But at the end for, for Last Crusade, he's getting ready to go into his office. And his office is crowded with students. And his secretary is coming up and saying, hey, your mail is due, whatever, whatever. And then this one line of these term papers still haven't been graded. Yes. The emphasis on that. And then him saying that he grabs these papers and he's just getting swarmed by kids and whatever. And, you know, he's like, all right, okay, Irene, you know, take everybody's name and number and I'll see each and every one of them in turn. And he shuts his door and he goes and sits down. And that's when he finds, uh, hashtag spoiler alert, I mean... These movies from the 80s and 90s, do we feel like we have to do if that? If you haven't seen them, you, you've been deprived in yes, some way. And so I guess, hashtag spoiler alert. That's Go on when, Netflix, not a sponsor. It is, exactly. It yeah. is available. And so that, that's when he finds that he gets the um, uh, the Grail Diary mail from yes. his dad. And so then he looks and he sees his students clamoring for his attention. And what does he do? He climbs out yeah. the window. Yeah. And so that that would be the, um, you know, we talk about how wanting to be there for our students and things like that. That would definitely be an indie drawback, I would say. Yeah, I, absolutely there. He, he, he seems to enjoy the fact that the university makes certain that he can go on different adventures and acquire antiquities. He certainly does not like the fact that he is responsible for teaching students about archaeology. Right. So that's where I would say that that's that's a moment that I would think of for for having a um, for having a drawback there. Um, do we feel like there's anything? I feel like again, Last Crusade is so amazing. Oh, there, there, uh, I mean, like, you, there's so much you could, you could you could pull out of that. I mean, I mean, if you want to go like the classic scene there, you know. He chose poorly when you at the at the end oh, with, with picking the grail. I mean, there's great lessons for students right there. I mean, I've I will freely admit I have used that scene in class before when mm -hmm. students have made a bad decision and I've played it and said he chose, he chose poorly. poorly. And, and, and saying that yes, and sometimes it is. It's based on the you know perspective. Absolutely. And again, not like having that guess. And again, hashtag spoiler alert. Towards the end of the movie, when he's trying to find the Holy Grail, yeah. he goes into this final scene and meets the oldest knight. Right. right. Yes, who's been guarding the Grail for like oh, since like the 1500s or even earlier, probably. I was going to say for at least several centuries, at least. Yeah. 
And, you know, talking about how, you know, and they, they have the thing where it's the, you know, you can choose, but choose wisely for the true grail will give you life and the false one will take it from you. And having all of those and, and thinking about some of the criteria and stuff that we, you know, have yeah. as choices because our guy, Walter Donovan, the main bad yeah, guy, yeah. he's like, I have no idea, you know, what it looks like. And so he gets this, you know, golden ornate mm -hmm. goblet and things like that, not knowing anything about the grail or history right. and things like that and going, oh, yeah, you know, this has to be it. And but just I mean, that I mean, that's a great lesson right there. Empowering our students with the mm -hmm. with the foreknowledge they need yeah. so that they can choose wisely when they're presented with those options. I mean, right. we've got to empower them for, with that knowledge so that they don't end up dissolving into right. a pile of it's dust into a dust. And also thinking about sometimes, you know, looking at those flashy elements that sometimes that's not where the real learning is right i mean you think about that i mean we live in such a you know digital age with um i mean all of our technology stuff the app smashing and things like that yeah. there's no way to keep up with all of those things in there and so sometimes um and i'm sure that you do this too do you every now and then just kind of like we are going to do a pencil and paper act oh absolutely we're going to do yeah I mean, um, you, I know that you and I even do things like Lego builds and, yeah, and things absolutely. like that. I mean, but I have students, you know, do sketch notes on, on paper in composition notebooks as part of uh, note-taking strategies and things like that because I believe in the value of it. But at the same time, it's something that they can come back to. They can carry it with them. They can, you know, we I build it up with the gamified aspect of class, obviously. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's something that they have that they can refer back to. They can use those notes later. It's a resource for them. And it's not like Google. They had to create it. They had to make it their own. And it's only meaningful if they really invested the time with it and they see a value in what they've created. And then all of a sudden, that basic cup means a heck of a lot more yeah. than the most ornate, beautiful thing that came from Absolutely, a factory yeah. and stuff like that. Whew. Okay, the last one. Now, I'm wondering if we're going to talk about this on the podcast because I, I feel like you've mentioned this before because we're talking about the crystal skull. Yeah. At one point, when we've been talking about this, you've been you've said because I will say I've even had a, even a couple of students yeah. that that have gone back and are like, oh, you know, the crystal skull. It's it's not a good movie and things like that. And sometimes you just wonder if people are saying that and right. whatever. But at one point, you'd kind of said you you have some reasoning. As to why this is not, I, I believe you said not as bad a movie. Right, it's not as bad a movie okay. as you think. I, I I'm not going to call it great. I'm not right. going to call it great. Okay, but it's not meant to be, and that's the other thing too. So I saw this movie in the theaters with my wife. I was so excited, like me I'm too. So with jazzed. my wife, yeah, there you yeah. Go. And I told my wife going in because I'd done a little reading because I'm that kind of nerd who wants to read a little bit about it ahead of time. And I told my wife, I said it's not like the action adventure serials of the 30s that that were the basis of the original three indie films. It's because it's set in the 1950s, Lucas and Spielberg wanted it to be like a 1950s B-movie where it's kind of campy, it's kind of cheesy and corny. And if you look at it through that lens, you realize they hit the mark on that. They absolutely did. They, they really hit it. And then you realize, yeah, Indy's old now. He's he's tired. In in this case, the character he worked for, you know, the Secret or the OSS, the Office of Special Services, during World War II. So, I mean, he's... He's seen a lot at this point. Exactly. He's, he's fought the Nazis several times now. It's, right. it's time for him to kind of be a little bit older and kind of grumpy and do some things. But, like, there's, you know, I know we're going to get to these, this thing, it seems, but I'm going to jump the gun here. Do it. Because this is my, yep. it's, it's one I use. I use it in my, in my Game Fight class trailer because it's my favorite line out of all of it. He and Mutt have been fighting through the, um, 
in Peru, these different like tombs that are in there looking for Oriana, yes. uh, you know, body, and they find the skull there, and they're accused of being grave robbers and all of this. Um, which, by the way, that's a whole other Easter egg because there's a reference in uh, Temple of Doom about him being accused of being a grave robber in South America, America. and there's yes. this nice little callback there. But he's standing up there when Mutt's about to get attacked by this guy, and he shoot fires his gun. The uh, uh, Native American runs away from it, and, and Mutt turns around and goes, "You're a teacher," and he goes. Part time. Part time. Uh-huh. Didn't he do that? Like that one line? Didn't he do it like a bunch of times yeah, to absolutely. try to get it right? I, yeah, they I kept trying to get it right. Like and it's, yeah, because yeah. if you pull, if you look at like the trailer, it sounds different than it did in the film. It, it, uh. There's a slight difference to it, okay. but it's still just this iconic line. I keep thinking, you know what? We as teachers, we're full time teachers, but at the same time, we're kind of part time teachers too, because we gotta be. Sometimes we got to be that counselor for for a kid. Exactly. Sometimes we got to be that coach or that disciplinarian for a kid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we got to be that friend to a kid who just needs a flipping hug. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Sometimes we have to know when to be the full time and when this is the part time. And yeah. to know that, like you know, especially again, you and I being history teachers, you know, the content is not going to go anywhere. Right. The, the content's going to be there, but you know, sometimes again, we don't necessarily know what's coming at us every day. Absolutely. And knowing that sometimes, you know, there are some times where you look at that grace and to kind of say like, okay, this is a day that we need to circle the wagons. Yes. We need to, we need to get ourselves together and things like that. We'll deal with the longer implications of a missing assignment and whatever down the road. But, right. you know, that assignment isn't going to go anywhere. As I always tell the kids, I'm like, you know, I'm the one that designed that thing. Right. Like... It, it will still be there. It's not going anywhere. Absolutely. So, but then also looking at, you know, uh, also, I mean, the, the dividend returns on something like that. You know, when you oh, when you oh, have yeah. a kid, when you do that, again, one of the things we talked about just in the last movie for Last Crusade of saying like, you know, Indy not really having a relationship with his students. Now thinking about, you know, really wanting to have the relationship with those students. I mean, uh, uh, how much more work you can get out of them you know and and more inspiring that they can be with that content yeah just by giving that yeah when they see when they know you see them as a person when they know that you recognize that they may be going through something really really tough in that moment and you give them that little bit of grace Mm -hmm. the and you don't do it for the reward that's going to come back you do it because it's the decent and humane thing to do exactly but when it comes back to you when you watch Mm -hmm. that kid come into your class and they're excited to be there and the work that they're going to put forward because they say i like this person because they like and respect me and i like that you kind of said again that that there isn't an expectation in there so like you know you have a kid coming in you give a little bit of grace on that day yeah. and the next day to kind of say well i gave you a little bit of free time yesterday so you better work harder i almost it's almost like an unspoken thing yeah. I, I don't think you have to say any any student that i feel like i've given grace to in a rough situation and whatever i've never i've never regretted that decision and i've never seen it not pay off yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it will always, it will always, always pay off. You may not see it right away. It may not happen until the end of the year when you get a little note from that kid about how much that meant to him. But it definitely, definitely means the world. And you, and you gotta cherish those moments. And you gotta be aware of them. I mean, that, that's about mm-hmm. being present in the moment too. You gotta know what that kid needs in that moment, and you gotta be willing to make that decision. Exactly. Now, um, man, I try to think about. Um, Oh, for me, if you're taking a look at um, Crystal Skull, 
I I I guess it's interesting. I, I like the beginning a little bit more. That's that okay. I yeah. guess I guess so. You think about Temple of Doom. I guess it's that way. If it's an even Indiana Jones movie, I, I guess I like the beginning. Um, but uh, thinking about how um, you know as as they as they do stuff, they the back and forth that he has with Mac. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, is is an is an enjoyable to where kind of like you know this isn't going to be easy, and he's like not as easy as it used to be. But at the same time, it, it's not like well you know I'm not going to do it kind of thing, right? It, it you know so thinking about that kind of thing, you know, thinking about as you know you gain in years of experience and stuff like that, you know, you think about that where like. Maybe some of those things that you do maybe are a little bit more physical. You're walking around the room more and, and, and stuff like that and saying that, you know, that's not as easy as it used to be oh, absolutely. And, and things like that. And finding that um, somebody, I cannot remember who this was now, we had a fascinating talk about that and saying that, um, uh, you know, people walking around the room. Because I know that we've had conversations about yeah. that and knowing that, like, really it's kind of gone the days of the sage on the stage and gone oh, yeah. are the days of you sitting behind your desk and just kind of magically expecting kids to work. And really, did it ever really work? No, it, it never worked. Yeah. It, it was never that. I mean, the, you may think they did. What you got was compliance. You didn't exactly. get an engagement. You got compliance. Absolutely. Now, I'll freely admit, you know, there's times when I'm trying to give feedback to kids digitally and I'm at my desk or, hey, this email came through, you know, that I really need to look at right now. Um, but whenever possible, I free myself from that desk. Now, I, I'll admit having the advantage of, you know, having a laptop that I bring with me to school so that I can do some of those things mm-hmm. digitally and things through the cloud uh, frees me to that. But I love the ability to sit down next to a kid. And even though I may be giving mm-hmm. digital feedback to another kid, to be able to sit right next to him and mm-hmm. just take a look and say, hey, how are we doing with this? Can I help mm-hmm. you with all of those things? And then, you know, you think about uh, all of that moment. Mm-hmm of that exchange, that relationship you just built, sitting next to that kid and helping them learn as they go and just being there, just just a facilitator, just a guide in case they get stuck uh, with something is such a magical moment. And it's certainly a heck of a lot better than sitting behind the screen and watching all of their the students' screens of the other iPads in the room and saying, oh, this kid's on the wrong thing, I'm gonna lock their iPad and all of that. Exactly. And, you know, and I know that there are a number of teachers that, you know, we we know can can do things like that. And, you know, I I mean, I understand that, like, from from the technology standpoint, loving to be able to see what everybody's doing. But then, you know, you see that and whatever. So you're sitting at your desk and you see something like that and whatever. That is that's not a lockdown thing. That's an opportunity. Absolutely. That's an opportunity for you to get up and say, you know what? I see everybody's screens. I see everybody's working except for this one guy. That's my target. Yeah. This that machine helps you pick that target. But locking down from afar and then having that kid look up and you're like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, you've lost something there. Yeah. You, you've lost the opportunity to then kind of walk over. Maybe that kid's playing a game because they have no clue what's going on. Right. That's a visual gift for you. You get to come over and say, hey, you know what? Because you know what happens nine times out of ten. You you see it, you see on the screen, you see that kid playing a game. You as the teacher start walking towards them. What are they going to do? They're going to swipe up and close the They're app. They're going to swipe up and close the game anyway. They're going to do that for you. Right. So, yeah, you walk up to them and you're kind of like, hey, can we get out that assignment? Where are you at right now? 
Yeah. What, what are your ideas and whatever thinking? So like that becomes an example of how, you know, I don't know. We're now a little bit away from ending. We'll come back. But, you know, getting into that, like where technology can support those relationships. Yeah. But then also if we let it, I mean, there, there is getting into the dark side a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just automatically kind of shutting down and, and getting into that. We're back to the sage on the stage. Yep. I'm up at my desk. I'm, I'm the teacher, you are the student, you are doing those things, you are now not doing things, and I click those things. No, you have the opportunity. Build something with that kid. Yeah. Like, they're, they're showing you something needs attention. Yeah, they are communicating with you. Behavior yep. is communication every single time. They're just communicating yep. in the way that they know how. Exactly. And so I bet that when you see something, so like, um, you know, looking at addressing a problem like that, walking over and talking to that kid and whatnot, mm-hmm. I think that kid's going to be able to, to see that. And I think that kid's going to be able to, to know that then instead of you coming over and kind of, you know, turning things off and, and stuff like that, you know, because they'll start to also look at you too. Right. And then you'll start to see, you know, if that becomes a thing. There definitely are, are better ways to to address it. I would very much agree. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I, I usually like to try to end with a try this in the classroom tip. And I'd love to see if you could get one inspired by Indiana Jones. Okay. All right. Okay. So so this is mine. Uh, it's a big passion of mine. Jordan knows this because, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked about these a lot. So um, we all have heard of the things of like the menu boards, the choice boards and everything like that. They're fun, they're fun little things to give kids some voice and choice in the classroom and they're awesome. They work great. But I am going to push this idea of remixing that as an adventure path. And okay. the reason I call it the adventure path, uh, some of this borrowed from Adam Pally and Michael Matera, huge mm-hmm. gamification guys. If you don't know who they are, go find them. And Absolutely. Them. Yeah. But the idea is I'm going to present a challenge to you. You can do this standard path. These are the tasks. These are the activities we're going to be doing with this unit. You can do that. But if you're up for a challenge, if you think you can outdo this, if you think you can be great, and I tell the kids, I dare you. I double dog. I triple dog dare you to be epic and legendary. And I put it on them. I say, you can do this. I believe you can do it. But you got to believe in yourself that you can do it. But here's the catch. you got to leap without looking. And that's the thing. I don't tell them what's on it at all. They got to say, I'm up for the challenge. I'm going to do this. And once you sign on, you're committed. There's no going back. The, the, uh-huh. you know, the door closes behind you and you're stuck and you got to work your way through this problem. The way kids go to solve this problem, and sometimes for some of the tasks, they're pretty simple. They just do a Google Doc because that's their way of doing it because they think this other task is going to be a little bit harder. And so they try and efficiently work through it. That's not a time to criticize. That's a time to say, you found an efficient way to manage your time because you think this other task is going to involve more and you can be more creative with it. I'm going to take this first task and say, how can I efficiently work through this and address the standards or address the task? And then I can move on to something really epic and creative. And I'll tell you, right now we're on an adventure path. I think I've got 30 kids out of my 98 who have signed up for it. Uh, Last time I probably had about that same number. Nine out of the 30 completed it. I know that okay. doesn't seem like much, okay? That means, man, only a third of them completed it. Yeah, that doesn't mean they didn't do their assignments. It just means they couldn't quite get through all the rest of the tasks, but they all learned something about themselves, and they're really easy to build. Oh, that's It takes awesome. a Google, the ability to use Google Slides and hyperlinks to other Google Slides. That's literally that's all I do. It. Oh, so um, as you were talking about it then, yeah. so we'll bring it back to, to Indiana Jones yeah. a little bit. So um, 
Last Crusade. Yeah. He's going through and getting ready to find the Grail. And he's got all of these challenges and stuff that he's going through. And there's an right. epic scene and whatever. But that last scene where he's getting ready to go for the final thing is a leap of faith. Yeah. And that's where it's the it's the leap from the lion's head. So I, I'll share something that actually recently happened in my class. I know we've kind of talked yeah. about this. Um, but uh, you and I both do gamified classrooms. And so um, I was looking at an epic way to do our tests or boss battles. Yeah. And so I was getting ready to do the digital version of that to where I had a digital damage counter, pictures that would change as the boss would get damaged, things like that. I was working with it, trying to get things going, attached it to the slide, you know, there, uh, you know, followed all my kind of instructions and whatever. And on the day that I'm getting ready to do it, I'm trying to put in like a little test number just to make sure the stuff is working and it didn't work. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try again. It didn't work. Oh, there's no more panic in a teacher's so, Right. So I'm calling in and I'm calling, you know, um, I'm, I, I will throw out, my wife is amazing with, with spreadsheets. And so she was kind of coming in. I'm lucky enough that, that she works in the school with me and she was trying to help me do stuff and she couldn't click things in. So I'm trying to, you know, get the kids that have a little bit of study time and things like that. And I'm getting, I'm getting that panic. I'm getting that like, yeah, okay, okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. I'm like, even if so, they'll take the test and everything will be fine and, and all that kind of stuff and then you know I had that moment where I was kind of talking to her and saying like do I just need to blow this up do I need to just not do this and whatever so the the quintessential I'm in that last place getting ready to go and I'm not going to take that last step and I'm not going to do it I'm thinking about it I'm like I'm not going to do it I'm not going to do it and then I was like you know what we're going to try it we're going to do it we're going to see what happens and whatnot so I'm getting ready so I've handed the kids out I've put it up Damage counters up there. And of course, I'm sitting there very nervously going, when's the first kid going to be done so I can see if this works? So I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then finally, like, I see and this kid goes, oh, and I look. And the damage counter had worked. Why it didn't work was because it wasn't an official form that went through that spreadsheet. So it didn't know, it didn't have all of the data that it needed to make it work. And then it worked fine. Yeah. It worked beautifully. And so having that thought of the, and then the kids loved it. The kids yeah, enjoyed watching that happen and things. But like that was my moment as a teacher. Do you know? Do am I taking that step? Am I doing that leap of faith to make it happen? And like if I'm not, I have to explain to twenty some people in the test, and then it changes all of the stuff that I'd wanted to do for my game and things like that. And like you know, how sometimes that little that little trip makes you see like a totality. Of, of like ruin happening yeah. you know again what what would have happened if the Nazis would have gotten the Holy Grail yeah exactly you know yeah. having like that moment but you know being able to pull it back and things like that it um like that was a moment for me that I think when I think of like a try anything that I would do inspired by Indiana Jones take that step out yes absolutely give take, it a try take that leap of faith and just give yourself that grace to realize that you know what it may not work but i bet it's going to work out better than you really think because in your head you're thinking of all those bad things that could happen and it's the same thing we tell our kids all the time it's that wonderful quote there where the kids are like well what happens if i fall and i always tell kids what if you fly yeah i mean what if you what do, if it goes the other way what if it does something amazing and did we need to embrace that as teachers we need to take that leap of faith and we need to jump from the lion's head and just feel mm. our foot hit that bridge and realize this is it this is gonna work 
I'm going to have the, the holy grail. You know, it's not going to be a silver bolt in my classroom, obviously, and no. solve every, all my problems. But, but I'll complete this quest and get ready to go on the next, the next one. Ugh. Yeah. That is probably about the best place that I can think of for us to wrap up. So, Ryan, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jordan. I'm honored. Yeah, and I know that we will probably have you on for probably not even just Indiana Jones, more stuff as well. Oh, believe me, if it's Star Trek, Star Wars, if it's 80s nostalgia and pop culture, I'm in. Oh, I think an 80s episode might be in the mix. That's awesome. All right, well, um, I am Jordan Billings, host for Teacher Pop, and uh, keep popping in the classroom, guys.